Before we start the show, I want to thank the thousands of you, the thousands who have read This Book Will Make You Dangerous. Many of you have told me that the book's unique way of exploring fear, confidence, and purpose has had a lasting impact, that it's much easier for you to get clarity and direction about what really matters and what you want to do in this lifetime. It's also amazing to hear that quite a few of you have read it multiple times and even bought copies for friends, so thank you again. Just in case you weren't aware, I created a free companion video course for the book. And in these videos, I walk you through the big takeaways and practices from each chapter. And I even cover some extra stuff that's not included in the book. Information on how to access the course is in newer versions of the book. And if you own an older version of the book and you don't know how to access the course, just hit me up via the contact form at triplinear.com and we'll get you all set up. And one last thing, if you're one of the thousands who have already read the book, please consider leaving an honest review on Amazon so that others can decide if it's right for them. Again, thank you so much for reading. This book will make you dangerous. And now let's start the show. You are listening to the new man beyond the macho jerk and the new age wimp. Your host is men's coach, Trip Lanier. Is there some invisible barrier keeping you from the body or success that you want? Do you believe you deserve to have a great career, a solid group of friends, or a strong, lean body? And what are the 10 traits of the mentally fit? Joel Harper is back. He's Dr. Oz's trainer. He's also the author of the new book, Mind Your Body. He's going to share why some folks will get fit, be more successful, and have great relationships, while others won't. Welcome to The New Man Today. We're talking with Joel Harper. He's the personal trainer to Dr. Oz. He's also the author of Mind Your Body, 10 Core Concepts for an Optimally Balanced You. Joel, thanks for being back on The New Man. Thanks for having me on, Trip. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you've been on before. Um, I've always appreciated appreciated how you've been able to give us really practical, uh, no BS, like you don't need a bunch of complex things in order to get fit. Um, but there's there's always this thing, and I notice it in the work that I do with people too, is that they can have a clear road ahead of them. They can have green lights all the way to whether they want to uh, you know, have a better fitness, they want to have better relationships, they want to have a better career, more money, whatever it is. And some people are going to do it. They're going to follow through. Maybe they just needed some help with the practical stuff. But then there's going to be some of us that are going to sandbag ourselves. We're going to sabotage ourselves. And so I, I'm glad that you're on today to talk about this because I imagine you run into this from time to time in your work with people when you're training people, um, the things that get in the way of, of them having the body and the fitness they want. So, But this is going to be applied to anything. Like I said, it, it, it's going to deal with our money, career, relationships, sex. Um, we're going to be diving into all of that today. So, um, But just real quick, when, when, when you're working with people, and you, I mean, do you get a sense off the bat who's going to be able to follow through on this stuff and who's going to be able to benefit from it and who, who might need to go in there and do some work between the ears? Uh, everybody pretty much needs to do some work. And what I find it fascinating when people come in, I learn right away because I get people to talk out loud. 
when they talk out loud while they're working out, you hear some pretty interesting things. And a lot of the, you know, their ideas and their thoughts have been in their head. They haven't really shared it with other people. And once they start to hear it, they start to realize what's going on in their brain and how they're manifesting uh, their reality and what goes on on their day-to-day lives. So I pretty much listen and I repeat things back to people and I kind of add it up for them to make it very user-friendly and apply things that they already know to help them make changes and really accomplish their goals. So what? Give me a, give me a, a, a sense. Like what's what's that mean? You're work. They're working with you. You got them working out. They're moving around. They're moving their bodies, and you have them basically thinking out loud. And what kind? What kinds of things are they saying that you repeat back to them? Well, I ask them questions, and what I do in my book, Mind Your Body, is I walk uh, the reader through everything that I do, and it's actually a little bit more useful with a book because you can go A, B, C with clients when they're working out. It's a little trickier. Uh, but what I do is I, I, you know, talk about different categories and I ask them questions. And before you mentioned a few of the categories, and I break it down into ten categories, which I find, you know, everybody has ten categories in their life, and we all have some that are really good and some that are not so good. And so that's when people start talking. Is I realize which categories, you know, make them feel a little bit unsettled and not happy with their life. I'm going to run through those categories real quick, just so they're on the same page. Okay, do it's, it. It's fitness, nutrition, family and friends, nest, where you live, your spiritual condition, work, attitude, finances, hobbies and interests, and lastly, your dreams. Okay. And so when you're talking to these people, you're asking them questions, you're basically trying to get an idea of their worldview, like what matters to them, where they feel that they deserve certain things in their lives. And it's not just whether I have I have low self-esteem or high self-esteem. It's not just a blanket thing. It's going to be different in different areas where it might emerge that, hey, I, I'm totally cool with having a high level of this in the area of where I live or in my family and friends, but I may be self-sabotaging when it comes to my fitness and nutrition, those types of things. Is that right? Exactly. Everybody I know has high self-worth in one category and not so good in other ones. And that's what I talk about with Desiree in the book and with Barry in the book. Let's go through Desiree's story. Tell me about Desiree. Uh, Desiree is an, it was a very interesting client. She came to me and she traveled a lot for work. She had a very successful business. She was very focused on fitness. She really worked out really hard. She traveled all over. She stayed in amazing hotels. She wouldn't stay in anything but and when she came here, she was like, yeah, I'm having these problems with my workouts, blah, blah, blah. And she explained her workouts. And I was like, you know, you're very consistent. Every time you're in a hotel, you find out about the gym. You work really hard. So I started asking her about her other categories. And when we got to nutrition, it was very subpar. And so what I do with my clients is I ask them about these 10 categories to find out what they're doing really well and what they're not doing really well. Everybody has one, as I said before, that's great and one that's not so good. And what I do is focus on the ones that they're doing really well, and I talk about it and why they do so well, because that means to me they already have high self-worth, a high deserve level in that category. So I really focus on why they do so well and ask them questions so they can prove and you know be consistent with what they're doing well and transfer that and spread it, which I term in the book spreading. You want to spread what they're doing well and the, the ideas and the beliefs that they already have are working for them. So I just get them to spread it in the categories that are not doing so well so that they have a well-balanced life. For Desiree, it was her nutrition. 
So well, I'm, I, and what it, did I'm going to interrupt you? What did it tell you when you saw that she was so adamant about staying in nice places and getting good sleep and and getting her workout in every day? But then she was eating junk food and smoking and all that kind of stuff. I read the I read the story in the book. So what did what was that telling you? She didn't add it up. She had a huge deserve level because it was consistent with her behavior. She loved staying in nice hotels because it made her feel good. The cushions made her feel when she walked in, it made her feel special, how nice they were. They gave her special treatment. She'd get upgraded to suites. The gyms were always incredible. They always had towels in the locker rooms with like eucalyptus. She always made her feel good from the outside. So she was focused on more what things were going on outside and how that made her feel as opposed to, "Mm, these foods don't make me feel so good when I eat them from the inside out. So what I got her to do is really focus on the traits she had the personality traits that she'd already acquired for the hotels and for the, you know, the job and all the other categories she's doing really well to think, why was she eating this really bad food? It's like, it doesn't make sense to me. That's like staying on really bad sheets. You know, it's like, are you going to stay in a hotel that you know when you went online that they have bed bugs? She was like, definitely not. I would never stay there. And I'm asking those questions while she's working out. I'm like, it's really funny because you're eating food that has bed bugs. And she's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, your level of food is horrendous. It's like it's a one. It's, it's really bad. But that's like to me saying, you know, I have really so, low self-worth. I stay in these really bad hotels. You know, I wear really bad clothes even though I have the money. I don't feel like, you know, I can go into a designer and buy really nice clothes to a party. I always have my shoes hurt my feet. That's what you're telling me. And she's like, I never looked at it that, that way. And I'm like, yeah, when you go to a buffet, you know, and she's like, I did choose this, this. And I was like, so you'd miss out on the hummus? And all the vegetables, she's like, yeah, I wouldn't go for that food. And I was like, why? She's like, I just don't think of it. I just go for the other food, you know, because I know it tastes good and I know I'm going to like it. It's interesting because it's such a powerful, uh, you know, there's a sense of authority here. You could easily become the bad guy, which is here's what you should be doing, Desiree. And she could push back on that. But what's happening here is you're saying, look, you obviously care about yourself and you care about yourself in these ways. So why would you do this other thing where it hurts you? And it counteracts you. And she, but she already knew what she was doing, and she was doing it anyway. So I just got her to add up and look at things a little bit differently. So now I got her to look at her the buffet as hotels. So when you go to a buffet and when you go to a menu, look at it like hotels and look at it like different hotels. So here's the Motel 6. Here's the Mandarin Oriental. Here's, you know, this flea bed, this hotel that has, you know, it's bed bugs where, right. you know, it's like a dump that you pass on the side of the street. You know, look at it like that when you go to buffet. That's exactly what you're doing with hotels, and you're choosing the most amazing food on the buffet with your hotels. Just look at that. And she shifted her perception of what she already knows and looks at the same thing, a menu, completely differently now. She's like, I would never stay in this bad hotel, so I'm not going to eat this bad food. Right. I think that's the part that says, hey, I matter. What I, so therefore, what I put in my body matters. Um, and I matter means I get the best hotels. I matter means I do my workout every day. It's just aligning those things. Well, why would I not, why would I, you know, uh, diminish myself by putting this crap into my body? Um, exactly. And I get all my clients to really understand what deserve level is. And to me, it is a rating of your self-worth, your self-respect, and your self-esteem for a given category in your life. It is the blessing or permission you give yourself based on what you believe and you think you deserve in life. 
And in those 10 categories I mentioned before, it's amazing to me, hugely successful people have one category that's not doing so well. And what it does trip is it throws off their whole life. They have this sense of emptiness that they feel unsettled. So I have some hugely successful clients that don't have friends. They do great workouts right. and feel unsettled their whole life because they work so hard, they did so well, and they never took the time, which they did for their career. They put in the time to get that successful. It didn't come easy. They didn't put in the time to create really good friendships. So I get them to say, you know what? On Tuesdays and Thursdays, you cannot work past 5 o'clock. If you want to have friends, you got to get out of there and you know go join a sailing club, go play tennis, go play basketball. You know, Otherwise, you're a very limited and boring person. You know, people who aren't balanced are very boring. It gets old after a while if they have complete categories that aren't doing very well. You know, when they talk to me, I just cut them off. Yeah, and I think it's just one of those things where uh, this is one of the ways that we receive. So many of us, especially the high performers, a lot of people that I work with are just go, 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 and they can create a lot of stuff, but it's outward. It's always pushing outward, and it's a challenge for us, and I'm raising my hand. It's a, it's a challenge for us to receive. It's a challenge for us to allow the good things to come back into our life, whether it's how we treat our bodies, the people we surround ourselves with, just that ease to like, hey, you know what? I do deserve to be able to go out and go sailing this afternoon or go, um, go have some fun this weekend. That's, that's more of the challenge, it seems, uh, for, for some of us. So you, you have a, another story about a guy, Barry, and it kind of touches on this, how things can get so out of balance here. Um, tell us about Barry. Yeah, Barry uh, was re- referral to me, and he's like hugely successful in the movie business. He's a- amazingly talented. And uh, the first few sessions I went to him, he didn't um, show up for the sessions. I went there, they paid me, and I left. I sat there for half an hour and it's and they came in and you know apologized for him not coming in and you know I, I I knew if he wanted to be there he could. If you're that successful, if you want to get out of a meeting, you can easily get out of a meeting. But I knew for him he had a very lo- low deserve level in what he looked like and what his body was. So the third session he um, showed up and you know he started mile a minute talking, uh, jabber, 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 and there's all this noise going on in his head. And that's you know, when you get into my book, there's core concepts there. And there's 10 core concepts that I think all this builds on, the foundation. And one of his is he had a huge amount of noise when it comes as to what his body was and what his workout plan was. So I sat there and listened for a little bit, and I knew it's not going to get us anywhere. Uh, so I cut him off, and I, you know, really, you know, got him to focus on what he wanted with his fitness program and how he was going to get in good shape. And he's like, people look at me like I'm a fat pig. You know, I can't fit in any clothes. It's embarrassing, uh, you know, but I don't take time to think of it because I'm focused on my career. You know, I channel that, you know, that anxiety into my career. And I'm like, that's great, but you're hugely successful on my scale. You're, you know, in a hundreds on a one to 10 scale, you've blown it out. So it's not like if you cut back a few hours to work on your fitness and your health, which will make you live longer, give you more energy, you'll be less ditch and free, your back won't bother you. And I gave him all these positive things, you know, to get in shape and do that, you know, but you have to, you know, cut back on your work. And I guarantee you nothing is going to be sacrificed there if you do give yourself a few hours. So I, you know, got him to commit to that. And I got him also to commit to not trying to be a 10 you know, most people start them and they want to do their best, which is great, but some people just, it's not in them, you know? So I got him to move from a zero and a one in the fitness step to a four. So it makes him feel more balanced and more centered and more controlled in his life. So he doesn't work out. Some of my clients work out to tens every time he works out to a four. And it's getting him in the process of the routine of feeling better, looking better and feeling better about himself, which is what I tell people, you know, if your hobbies is a zero, you know, and it makes you feel a little, you know, just do it one day. We try to get it up to a one or a two. 
you know, just kind of push it in the right direction with time. You know, you'll enjoy do it. You'll see what it feels like to either treat yourself to massage, take a tennis lesson, how you get better, and then you'll let it kind of absorb into your system. And that's how I get people to make results. I think that's a really powerful, there's a, there's a, there's a really interesting point in here, which is when I'm working with people, they can uh, be really excelling in that one area, like their business. And they like that. That's the one area where they shine. They don't like to see themselves struggle. They don't want to see themselves anything less than a hundred, right? They don't want to see themselves as a four. They don't want to recognize that in, in a certain area of their lives that they're a one or a two. And so they just start to avoid it altogether. But as you see, it starts to take a big toll, especially if it has to do with their their uh, their fitness or even their relationships and their lives. So exactly, it, and Trip, it, on that point you just made, a lot of those people are, who do really well in one category, which is everybody. I have some friends who are very unsuccessful, but they're and, and their friendships, they're a ten. They have amazing friendships. They're going on amazing trips and doing really some interesting things. But what I tell people is to create balance and to feel better in all these categories is we're all perfectionists on something. And you don't have to be perfect in everything. So a lot of those guys you were just talking about that you deal with are perfectionists in their work and they've done great jobs. But when it comes to other categories, they have to settle for a little bit less. Otherwise, they get frustrated and they don't come back. So they focus more on the frustration and the feeling of being frustrated and not being a 10. And that overrides their feeling of, oh, my body's less tension-free. Oh, I lost a pound here because they focus more on their frustration and they less likely do it because they think they deserve more than a four when you know what? Sometimes you're only going to get a four if you're not going to put in the same amount of effort that you did in your 10 category. Yeah, they've got an image of themselves. I'm a high achiever. I'm, I'm at this level. Anything that clashes with that is really uncomfortable for them. Um, and, and I think it's really, I think we start to have a lot more fun when we get over ourselves and just recognize, look, my fitness is important to me or my relationships are really important to me. And you know what? That's an area where it's time for me to, to, to learn how to be, to develop and be a beginner again. Am I willing to go in there, get over myself and maybe not be the hundred or the 10 that I like to be and just start with where I am and, and work from there. But I, if I've recognized if the guy's not willing to get over himself, he's going to have a really hard time. Um, but the guy that's curious, the guy that wants to learn, anything's possible for him. Exactly. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, I, I, I love this book. It goes through so many other things. It's very practical. You've got the great plan in there and you're taking into account these powerful mental uh, core concepts. Um, let's talk about some of the things that that you like kind of the mindset shift that you've got as well. Um, I'm, I'm always interested in the things that get us over that hump, that get us motivated. That seems to be the hardest part. It's like, yeah, of course I'd like to get in better shape, but how do I get motivated? That's a little different than whether I deserve it or not. What do you, what helps some of the people that you, that you work with get motivated? Well, what I broke it down in the book and with the people that I work with is what I find interesting is everybody who's successful in their, with their body, with their uh, nutrition plan, or with their mindset, all have the same traits. Every one of my clients, you know, I was scratching my head with some of the clients I was having a little bit, you know, a difficulty with, you know, when I first started. And I realized that everybody who's in really good shape has the exact same 10 traits. Everybody who's mentally fit has the exact same 10 traits. Everybody who's nutritionally fit has all the same traits. Huh. They do things over and over again, which they're used to. They either you know, were brought up from it from their parents. They had to learn. But they get these things ingrained, and they just do it automatic. So that's what I tried people to do once they get the course concepts is to become automatic with things. Everybody I know who's mentally fit, for example, number one on my list, they follow through. 
all my clients who say, hey, this, this, or whatever they're saying, they follow through with it. You know, this book is amazing. Uh, you should really read it, Joel. The next day, I'll have that book with my front desk. You know, it's, they're very, very consistent. They all have the traits that, you know, if they say they're going to do something, they do it. Regardless, mm-hmm. They make it happen, and they do it quickly. Right. You know, which a lot in my life, I realized that I thought about stuff and I wasted time. Instead of just implementing and not being perfect, I should have just jumped right in. You know, I kind of dilly-dallied and wish, you know, and I probably should have jumped in a little bit quicker. Got it. Got it. Okay. First one is follow through. What's next? Perfectly imperfect. And that goes back to what we were saying a little bit ago is you don't have to be perfect. You know, uh, I find it fascinating. I listen to a lot of speakers, you know, and I found it fascinating when some people stumble and they don't, the words don't flow so smoothly because their brain's working a little bit quicker. When they stumble, they just kind of stop and just keep going, you know, just keep on going with the thoughts. I can tell some people, you, they get mad at themselves when they fumble and they get a little flustered. You know, mm-hmm. people who aren't perfected. It's just, you know, it's letting yourself just go, you know, you, nobody's perfect. You know, some days are better than other days, uh, but just kind of going with the waves and just, uh, you know, floating through it. Got it. Yeah. Get over yourself. You're not going to be perfect. So that's not the, that's not the point either. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Cool. What's the third one? Is being realistic. Uh, you know, all my clients, I get to be very realistic with the time they want to put in, you know, what they want to achieve. You know, I'm six one, and I'm not going to be six five. You know, right. <laughs> so you just, there's certain things that are limitations and accepting that and trying not to be somebody who you're, you know, nowadays everybody can compare themselves because, you know, with social networking, which is fabulous, but also you get to see exactly what somebody else is doing, mm. uh, which is great because it can be very inspirational, but you could also get into that comparing game where, you know, I can compare myself to this person's house, this person's doing this or this, that, and the other. Right. And that can be a big, huge waste of time. So I get people to be realistic with who they are, you know, and what they want to achieve, which I find, you know, really helps people out and it gives them boundaries and it also saves them time, you know, because we can waste a lot of time and I find clients wasting time and time goes by, as you know, trip so quickly. I really get my clients to be realistic with their goals and really focus on one or two and make them happen with deadlines. And I think that's a recipe for disappointment is if we're not living in reality, we're not owning what is real and we're, we're, we're always feeling the tension between where we are and where we think we should be or comparing ourselves to others. That's what creates suffering. That's what creates a chronic state of disappointment. So I love that you're bringing this in there, which is, hey, own your reality. We're not saying to play small. We're not saying to cut yourself down, but we're also not saying, we're also saying like, don't get caught up in somebody else's reality, stay in your own. Exactly, because that gap right there causes a lot of anxiety. If there's yeah. a gap in between, uh, there's a lot of anxiety. It makes you feel very unsettled and jittery, and it brings in a whole long list of uh, bad feelings. Okay, great. Do you want to go through all of these? Uh, whatever works best. Like, and the next one is uh, curious. Okay. Uh, all the clients I know are very curious about what's going on in their reality and in their world because it gets, makes them become smarter. They ask questions. They're not know-it-alls at all. They always think there's something new for them to learn, uh, which, you know, as, as you find is, you know, you're a very curious person, which is great. Yeah, well, I think that's the part of it is if we're not curious, I always think we're, we're being defensive. We're trying to push information away that might be threatening to who we are. So I, I, I always welcome that curiosity. What else is possible? What can I learn? How can I become better? Um, the only times I'm not curious is when I'm defending something. I'm scared. So um, I think that's, that's a huge part of it. I, and I always love to see leaders and, and people that I admire be really curious too. Yeah, and it's just fascinating what people, you know, questions people ask. You know, I find, uh, you know, a lot of people don't ask people they know really well um, questions. So with my clients, 
I'll have them do a position they have to hold, and they have to come up with three questions that they want to ask people within the next 24 hours. Uh, you know, so huh. it kind of stimulates their mind. And what I do with all my clients trip is, you know, we talk, but they always have to exercise while they're working out. And some of them at times they have to hold positions until they give me a correct answer for them. You know, <laughs> what that does is it gets them to move into their mind and out of their body. So their mind gets in a way a lot of the times huh. uh, and it distracts them and draws energy from the muscles that could be doing much, much more. So with my clients, I can get them to achieve amazing things by using their mind power and distracting them as well as moving into the burn so that they can get a much better workout and achieve their goals faster. Wow, that's fascinating. That could be a whole interview right there. Um, What's the next one, number five? Is being empathetic. Uh, You know, a lot of people, you know, become self-centered and self-absorbed. And with all my clients, I get them to being, you know, friendly to the client they pass in front of them, the client they pass after them, having empathy for people. I get them to talk about their work and, you know, all the people they work with and how they can be better employers, employees. Uh, And it makes a huge difference because it makes them feel better about themselves. Uh, Because then when they're in situations, they don't react so quickly. They ask questions. They move to the one before being curious so that they can understand. And then usually, oddly enough, they save time because they learn about people around them quicker so that they can strategize and, you know, use that person's talents and weaknesses to, you know, their job's advantage. It, and that leads you right to the next one, which is being a team player. Exactly. And, and being the team player where it's at nowadays, it gets so, I, I, you know, I deal with a lot of different people and you can just tell the people from the beginning who aren't team players, they're looking out for themselves. And that to me is a huge turnoff. And so I chip away at that personality really quickly uh, (laughs) because I'm a big team player and it makes such a difference. Yeah. Okay. And uh, we could have a lot of fun with that one. I'm just imagining you uh, chipping them away. I do your videos in there hard. Yeah, I can feel berated from that. So I can imagine being in the room. I'm wasting time at all when it comes to workouts. Yeah. Okay. Number seven, what's that? Uh, is always being prepared. Uh, you know, I have people who are not prepared and they waste so much time. You know, in my book, I, I give you all these tasks and things to do to make your life better, where it's cleaning out a drawer, uh, getting your calendar organized, getting your closet organized, you know, being prepared when you come out for your workout, you know, having your hair. I have, you know, uh, one of my traits is shut out noise. I have people that come in here, you know, and have mental noise, but they also have physical noise. They're fixing their ponytail. They're fixing their shirt. They wore the wrong jock strap. It's bothering them. You know what I mean? And that's seconds out of an hour workout or however long they're working out. And it's a waste of time. I have one girl. I caught her fixing her hair, honestly, 15 times during the workout. I'm like, if you touch your hair one more time, you're, <laughs> she cannot stand doing these mountain uh, runs with the towel. She can't stand them. I go, if you t- every time you touch your hair from now on out, you're doing 50 of those. She touched her hair three more times. I guarantee you every workout since then, she, her hands are completely away from her hair. But it was just a waste of time. She'd always have to fix her ponytail. And that's, you know, you add that up in a workout, that's, you know, she takes her 30 seconds, that's seven and a half minutes right there. I'm glad you brought up the noise thing because in the same thing here is like the, your your your, uh, your sessions aren't free. So it's what are we doing to take away from what matters to us, right? I, I'm invested in this workout with you, Joel, or I'm invested in whatever it is that I'm doing. Why would I allow noise to come in and distract me? Why would I allow anything to come in my hair or anything to get in my way? So I want to start to eliminate those drains and then focus on what truly matters for me. These little subtle ways throughout the day that we sabotage our ourselves over and over again when we could actually put the wind at our back 
Exactly. Uh, and they drain, those little things drain your deserve level for that category. So it's at fitness, that's seven and a half minutes of her time. That's, you know, a couple hundred calories right there that she could have been burning. That's, you know, a one exercise that she could have done for her triceps, mm, you know, mm. and it just slows her workout down. And, you know, instead of, you know, five workouts, uh, she could have been doing, you know, four workouts, you know, right. it's just, it's wasted time. It's wasted my time too. Yeah. Uh, so I really get, you know, my clients to really be aware of what their mind is doing, you know, and always when you go into meetings, you know, so you're not frustrated because a lot of people leave meetings and they're like, oh, I should have done this. I could have, should have, would have. And I'm like, my head, think ahead of time, you know, go in there prepared. Got it. All That's right. Big difference. Number eight. Is exceptional recall. You know, I find my clients who are at the top of their field, remember everything uh, and it comes with, you know, following through. They recall stuff. They, they remember it and they follow through with it and they are very, very, uh, you know, on numbers. I have a music, couple of people in the music industry. They study what's in their field and they know. If you ask, you know, what Katy Perry's uh, last album does, they know that numbers. If you act it, an actress, you know, she'll be like, oh, this person made this. I want to do this. I want that. They look at what's going on around them. They remember it and they study it so that they can become the best of the best. Got it. Okay. That's really important. It's like, am I engaged? Am I actually here? Am I in touch with what's happening? Uh, industry and what you're doing. I, you know, I ask some people questions. They're like, what? You know, oh, I've not heard of that person. And I was like, they're in their same field. They have two best-selling books out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's like knowing what's going on in your world and in your environment, you know, just seeping that knowledge in, you know, and recalling it and, and, and using it to help out with stories and help, you know, out with your workouts. It's amazing how I can get, you know, my clients to apply, you know, what they know in their business, you know, I'll have clients say, Hey, can you give me the top artist while you're doing this position who made the most money, uh, you know, this past year. And it's amazing how some clients in their industry can just bang those names out 10. And then, you know, another one be like, uh, 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 it's just, it's fascinating. Huh? Wow. All right. Number nine is forgiving. Uh, you know, none of us are perfect and it's really forgiving other people and letting that energy go. People who don't forgive and, you know, we all have to work on it. I do as well. And I try to work on being for, very forgiving on, uh, you know, people who I think wrong me or, you know, I wrong them. I really try to be very forgiving because if not, that is a huge energy suck mm. uh, on a day-to-day basis. It's like having a drain. It will just suck the energy right out of you if you don't forgive people. Anger, uh, you know, uh, being uh, spiteful, all those, all those energies are negative and we all can, you know, participate them in them and water them or we cannot. So I get all my clients to talk about and ask them, you know, who do you need to forgive this past week? Uh, and while they're doing the plank, they get to tell me, you know, uh, you need to forgive this work. She screwed up this you know, project. I had to work an hour and a half late the other night. You know, I'm still mad at her, which is great. But how are you dealing with that anger? Because that is draining you. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's not making you feel your best and looking your best. It's funny because some people think that that motivates them, right? Like, oh, uh, anger is part of the fire. I've, I've been holding on to this anger. It's going to make me do better. And it's always just been a drain for me. I'm glad to hear you, uh, you know, talk about it in this way. Because sometimes we are the person, you know, I need, it's time for me to forgive myself. Maybe I haven't been perfect with my workouts or maybe I've been perfect with this other stuff. And am I going to carry around that anger towards me? That's a huge drain. Exactly. And I get people to take that anger uh, that they have for other people because it's always pushing it outside of them and it's not getting them to accept responsibility. So I get people to focus on that person's anger and focus what did they do wrong? Because usually most people I know who are angry at somebody, they're really deeply mad at themselves because that person triggered something within them and they were either weak, you know, overreacted, got mad, 
um, you know, did something um, to sabotage the situation. So they're usually really mad at themselves because the other person triggered something. So I get them to clean it up on their part and it releases that anger towards the other person. And then oddly enough, it gives them more energy than the anger did because they have less weight on their shoulders. Right. Beautiful. All right. Number 10, last one. Is presence, is being in the moment and being alive, not, you know, thinking what happened this morning, I'm mad at this person, whatever it is, being in the presence of the workout and listening to me. A lot of people, you know, who first come to me, uh, I'll say something and they won't absorb it. I'll say, lift your right foot, they'll lift their uh, left hand. And I'm like, no, no, right foot. A lot of people have a hard time because they're so busy is really listening. And I get people to try it and I'll say, nope, right foot right foot and I'll repeat it to them. And then I get them in the habit of really listening and make them in the moment. And whenever I find their minds wandering, I'll do something to throw their balance completely off. So it gets them back in the moment so that they're aware and it makes them, you know, feel better, makes them feel in the moment. They're not so distracted. They're not so anxious. They're not so jittery. Yeah. Uh, and that really makes a big difference. That is a big difference. It's one of the things that I've really appreciated about you was, is not just the presence piece, but this sense of balance. You said something in the book, which was you you don't, when you don't address what is out of balance, you can't make changes stick. This isn't about helping people go on a roller coaster. This is more about really settling into a powerful way of living for the rest of our lives. And I've always appreciated that, yeah, your focus has been fitness and nutrition, and you've been out there in the forefront of that. But if when I get to know more about you and your approach, this mental aspect, this this um, the deserve, like the self-worth stuff, it goes deep. And really, it's only going to stick, and it's only going to really make a difference if we address this mental part and to bring things into balance. It's not just moving meat and bones around. It's about this mental and emotional part, too. So that's why I love your work. I'm, I'm so glad you're able to come on the show, and, and I'm really psyched that you're putting this in the book, Mind Your Body, 10 Core Concepts for an Optimally Balanced You. Go pick it up. It's out there. It's available everywhere. Joel Harper, thank you so much. Thanks, Trip. I appreciate it. If these interviews are helping you, then please visit The New Man on iTunes and leave us a positive review so others can discover the show more easily. Thanks for listening.